Okay, kids, it's time for another episode of the Fueled by Weird podcast, the only podcast left in the ozoneless dystopian future. I'm Chris Daly, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with the owner and creator of Woven Press Comics, Evan Carruthers. Evan, how's it going? Yo, it's going well. I'm excited to be here chatting. Good. I'm excited to have you here. Very awesome. All right. So uh, usually when I get to know a new person, um, I like to start things off with an icebreaker question just to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. So today's icebreaker question is, what is your best scar story? Ooh, my best scar. <laughs> I have a couple of good ones. All right, I'll go okay. with this one. I was uh, in high school. I played soccer in high school. Very not serious soccer program. Um, we I was in the tiny town in northern Wisconsin. But we had a big game the next day against a neighboring rival town. We were having a health party. And the cops busted it. And everyone took off running out into the woods. And we were at a buddy's house, which is a farm, and there was a line of long grass, and nobody knew that that line of long grass was a barbed wire fence. Oh, so pretty much oh, the no. entire party hit it at the same time, and it was like high level. So oh, everyone no. hit it and just boom over barbed wire. So I got ripped up on my thighs, tore my jeans, and a couple interesting scars on my thighs. Me and the whole soccer team damn. had them. So damn, that's awful. And that's cool. You're from Wisconsin. Actually, the last person I chatted with, they live in northern west they live in madison and uh oh, I, have, nice. I have family from wisconsin so that's cool oh yeah cool well my best scar story is not quite as exciting as yours but i used to work for a sandwich company that offers footlongs for five dollars um or used to at least i used to yeah 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 um and i worked as a as a manager type role and one morning i was opening the store by myself I had just had the soda delivered. The guy left. I grabbed a brand new sharp knife to open a bag of cookies. I held it up like this and cut it. And it went right through the bag and right through the palm of my hand. Um, it was pretty deep. Um, and I was all by myself. It was so it was so sharp and so deep that it cut. And there was a delay from when it started bleeding. Yep. And I still hadn't opened the store yet. There was nothing I could do. So I just put a bunch of paper towel wrapped a bunch of scotch tape around my hand and yeah, just yeah. went to work. Um, later on, I got some butterfly band-aids band to kind of help close it up, but I never went and got stitches or anything. I probably should have, but it was it was pretty gnarly. So, so my dad's like a, a hardcore mountain man type fella, and he yeah. always used to say, if you can't, if you got a cut, you can't close up with super glue, that's when you need to go get stitches. So I've always, I probably should have got stitches lots of times, but <laughs> you get super glue, you throw some of that on there. And I've been told by multiple healthcare uh, workers, doctors and nurses that it's, it's almost the same as the liquid skin that they make that is made oh, yeah. for that purpose. So just super glue that shit. I mean, it hurts yeah. a little bit, but stops the bleeding. And that would have been awesome if we had some there at the time, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was pretty gnarly. So yeah, that's, that's probably my, my most exciting one. Nice. All right. Well, uh, so with Fueled by Weird, usually with Fueled by Weird, um, the reason I came up with the concept is, you know, the things that you're into, the things that you're interested in, the things that you just do when you're not, you know, being a parent, being a grown up working, that's the kind of stuff that, that feels who you are and feels, you know, feels you're weird. So what kind of stuff are you into? Oh, man, um, I'm a bit of an addict to every kind of interesting angle of nerddom and fandom, I guess you could okay. say. So I came into comics by way of tabletop gaming. Um, I have a, nice. a side business called EC3D that is 
kind of the parent company of my comics company that started seven or eight years ago. And I do 3D design for 3D printing of like miniatures, scenery, terrain. Uh, and I do tabletop gaming and RPG supplements, battle maps, like all kinds of weird stuff in that area. That's awesome. And yeah, and as part of that, I kind of started creating all these different sets of miniatures and you know world building in my head for all these ideas I had that I wanted to do. And that was kind of the impetus of the first uh, story that I created as a comic, the Ignis Quadrant. And from there, I just have been addicted to comics. But in my mind, it's a Venn diagram of you know gaming, board games, RPGs, comics, you know TV, you know literature, all that stuff. So. Yeah, it's all it's all just bun, big nerdy family. It all just kind of ties together. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Well, um, you kind of started getting into it a little bit, but what you know was it that inspired you to get into writing in the first place? Yeah, um, I've always kind of dabbled in you know quote unquote creation by way of like did some dungeon master stuff where you, you know you're writing plot lines, story, world building, like I mentioned. Wrote mm-hmm. some tabletop gaming supplements. That's just that's different than comics, but there's yeah. some parallels in terms of you know how your brain's thinking. I would say like a, a tabletop gaming supplement, you're writing like a blueprint for somebody else to create their story, right? For like a DM yeah. to create their story. But mm-hmm. in in comics, you're going the last mile and you're creating the story. So it's still kind of the same process of ideation, outlining, like story points, all that stuff is very similar. Uh so the transition to wanting to create comics or creating comics was pretty easy. And I've always wanted to do it since I got into comics, you know, like the art is an addiction. So it's kind of seemed like a natural progression. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, you know, prose writing, it's pretty similar to script writing. You just have to kind of take it and just reformat it in a different way. And that, that part for me has been kind of tough because I've been a prose writer for a long time and I just, I've had a hard time getting my head wrapped around the, the scripting part of it. And, I think I'm just overthinking it is my problem. But everyone says it's super. Usually it's going from script writing to prose writing is the difficult part. The other way is pretty easy. But for me, that's kind of been the tough part is just getting it to go back the other way. Yeah, how I would you, say. How did, the... you kinda, how did you kind of, you know, what am I trying to say? How were you able to make that jump from, you know, the, the long form writing to the scripting? Right. I would say the hardest part, and this is not just for me. So I'm going to turn my fan off while I'm talking. You're good. Is uh, like with comic books, you can write a comic book script easy, right? You're just taking, you know, long form stuff and breaking it into panels and and like make, breaking the dialogue down. But there's some hard and fast rules that help to be like, you know, let's keep it between six and eight panels per page and, you know, maximum of 30 words on a panel of dialogue. Or, you know, I'm just pulling these out of my ass here, but whatever the kind of the rules are you're using for a framework of what you want to do for a comic format. But the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around was pacing to, you know, one, keep the pacing that the reader reads the book consistent and exciting, but also understand when to break scene and to come back and figuring that out was like, once I had an editor, the first editor I worked with was uh, Bob Sally who wrote broken gargoyles and a bunch of other really good books. Bob's Bob's a great guy. Yeah. And he was like, look, you got to understand like the point of the the comic format is like when somebody reads a book, like the pacing is the most important thing. I mean, they have to enjoy the story, but you don't want them to get hung up on a page for 10 minutes. And then the next page takes them 10 seconds, like controlling the flow of the story and understanding, like spend only four or five pages on one scene, go to another one, like mm-hmm. come back. All of that really was something that as a reader, you never consider is happening. 
-hmm. then once you start to, you know, you get your eyes open to it and then you go back and read your favorite stuff and pay attention to it, it makes complete sense. And it really informs how you translate other types of writing or what's in your brain into a comic script. Nice. That's good advice. All right. Well, um, when you're coming up with the ideas for writing, whether it's, you know, writing, you know, for RPGs or writing for comics, how do you, where do you get your inspiration from? Oh yeah. I very much drawn kind of what's happening in my life and what's interesting. Like Tox, my most recent comic that's on Kickstarter now was very much based on the experience of having, uh, my wife and I having our child in the hospital during COVID, you know, having a kid and, what felt somewhat apocalyptic and then my brain was like, God, what if this was actually an apocalypse? How would that change? You know, how he was feeling, how the world would be. And that was the idea for the whole story. Yeah. Um, and then other stories is just very much like, yeah, what's top of mind in my brain at the time. Um, Scott Snyder is an author. I really respect or a writer. And he very much talks about how like, the point of writing is supposed to be an outlet for you. Like, obviously you want to write what people want to read, but the, the cathartic fun part of it is you just getting your emotions out of your brain onto paper and a story forming around that. So, you know, maybe I'm stressed from work or maybe I'm drinking a little too much at one time, or maybe I'm focused <laughs> on raising a kid or whoever, what the topic is like, that's really informing, you know, the, the emotions I want to get out of my brain onto paper. Yeah. Scott's a great guy. Actually, um, our friend Daniel just had an interview with him earlier this week. That's it was oh, man. a real, real good interview. Um, so you said your you know your newest book talks, great story. It's incredible how realistic that you know we could end up seeing that end up coming true, just the way things are going in the world right now. Um, so for those those who are listening that have never heard of talks or know what talks is, you know, what's kind of a, a way that you would kind of introduce people into your book? Yeah, talks is a post-apocalyptic, you know, wasteland story about a world 30 years from now where uh, the ozone layer is is gone. Basically, the Earth is constantly battered by radiation, which has driven humanity underground. Uh, it's mutated all the beasts and creatures on Earth. Humanity is now rendered sterile. And after, you know, this 30 years of the wasteland, one woman finds herself pregnant. And it's the story around her experience you know, when she never expected to be a mother and all these factions of folks trying to determine what they want to do with this situation. Like to some, they view the child as a salvation and as kind of a godlike figure. Others view it as a, a resource. Others view it as a threat. And the whole world is just congregating on this situation. And this woman who never thought she was going to be a mother and now she's dealing with those emotions too. Yeah, it's kind of an awesome story. And I was able to read the first couple issues a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. And then just recently you got me the last two, which I have a cliffhanger, dude. You're a great writer and you really know <laughs> how to you really know how to leave it hanging. So I'm really glad. And I can't actually wait to find out what's coming. So with talks, do you have like a a game plan planned out for how long you want it to go? I know right now we're up through issue four, but do you have, you know, do you see it like as a mini series? Do you see it kind of stretching out for what's what's your plan for the future? Yeah. Well, first, I got to give credit to Eric Palicki, who's the co-writer in the series. Like, I, you know, Tox is my idea and creation, you know, in terms of like the plot points. But he brought the, yeah. you know, years and years of professional comic writing experience to making it is what it is today. So I got to give him credit, too. Um, but yeah, Tox is the first story arc of the five issue miniseries. So Kickstarter right now is for issue three and four. And then the next one will be for uh, number five in the trade. 
And then uh, from there, there's a lot of ways the story could go, uh, depending on how it does in the direct market, depending on, you know, other stuff I'm working on, but I'd love to revisit it. But your five issues will wrap up, you know, in a in a satisfying way, but also in a way that will leave a whole lot of options for future stories. Nice. So you so you do have plans for past five, just kind of see how it go once we get to five. Yeah. And I'll, when I launched the, the next Kickstarter too, one of the other things I created is a, a web series that's designed to like share in bytes on the web, but also collect into a, a printed book that's in the Tox universe, but it's another set of characters and a fun little story mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of explore on that. So I'm looking forward to hopefully having that universe as kind of a sandbox for other stuff because there's some interesting, you know, mechanics, interesting stuff happening there that I think can foster some other stories. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to the Walking Dead universe where, you know, you've got your main story, but you definitely have all these other stories that could spin out of the same place. And I think your story is not necessarily dealing with zombies, but I mean, the mutants in there and even the biker gang, that's something that's that's very comparable. So I, oh, yeah. I, I think that you could have a lot of fun with that, especially, you know, we've got humans underground, we've got the mutants, we've got all sorts of different things going on, and you're just exploring this tiny portion. So the fact that there is even a little bit I, I absolutely imagine stories are happening, you know, outside of your current core. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is a microcosm of the universe, right? Yeah. Because humanity's fragmented now, but there's a whole lot going out there. And this radiation is serving essentially as, you know, gasoline on the evolutionary time frame of animals. So yeah. all these species out there are just evolving, you know, in a matter of 30 years that they would normally in 3000. So there's all kinds of weird shit out there in the universe now. Yeah, for sure. Now, as someone who's never run a Kickstarter, but I've definitely shared my fair share of Kickstarters, what what's it like running a Kickstarter? I mean, I know this is at least your second one for talks. I don't know if this is your second one ever, but is there differences in the two campaigns for talks? Um, is there similarities? Like, what kind yeah. of beast is it? What's your experience been with running a Kickstarter? Yeah, so this is actually between all my tabletop gaming and comic stuff and stuff I've done on other platforms about my 30th Kickstarter. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been doing the tabletop gaming stuff forever. And yeah. I had a couple of series before talks as well. So, you know, most creators, especially new creators, will tell you it's like it's very nerve wracking hitting that go button and it's very time consuming. But yeah. fortunately, after doing it for so often now, I've kind of normalize like what it takes mentally so it's not like super stressful on me but it is yeah. still that comes down to good planning right like i'm spending a ton of time thinking all right for the duration of my campaign how am i going to promote what do i have to hit you know to make sure pro progress is still going um it's it's very time commitment heavy i guess you know in that 30 days or whatever your window is you're checking it when you wake up in the middle of the night you're unhealthily refreshing that page you're spamming <laughs> social media like yeah. you got to do it you got to cut through the noise somehow yeah because you know those algorithms will kill you on social media it's awful oh dude these days and the amount of stuff on kickstarter it's it's uh it's becoming a little bit of a different beast than it was even you know my first comic campaign was three years ago and that seemed way easier than it is now yeah i mean i've only really kind of started involving myself in indie comics since you know i guess since the pandemic really um, so about 2020, so only a couple of years, but I've noticed even that couple of years, the, the amount of offerings on Kickstarter has double, triple, quadruple, but it seems like every day. Yeah. I mean, the barrier to entry is low, uh, but I think where a lot of people run into trouble is when they, you know, they come up with an idea for a comic, you know, connect with an artist and then start doing it. But then the challenges are like, 
with the fulfillment, right? Getting it printed, oh, doing yeah. it affordably. So you're not paying for the whole thing. So I think a lot of people do one campaign and they're like, well, shit, this is not what I thought it was. And the people that are right. in it for the long term, like myself, are there's a lot of little things you got to consider there, right? Like the goal of the Kickstarter is basically to fund a large print run so that I can sell that book at cons for the next three yeah. years, right? Or have issues for future Kickstarters. And you got to really invest in it. Yeah, because I mean, you also probably got to take in consideration the time of year you're doing your Kickstarter. Um, yep. yep. You, know, you got to, you know, check with other people and see how many other of your, you know, creator companions or your friends are doing Kickstarter at the exact same time. And is it what they're doing similar to what I'm doing? Am I going to have to compete with them directly? It's, I'm sure it's a pretty tough market. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that's something they need to factor into it, but it's better to not let those kind of broader market conditions and stuff influence your decision to for timing. I mean, in the past, you know, the, the common wisdom is don't do a campaign in like October, November, because it's near the holidays, right? People are saving money for presents and all that stuff. But then there, you know, it tends to be not a lot of campaigns and you can get noticed um, and get better visibility. So, yeah, for sure. And, and especially like people thinking there's going to be a recession. I saw my tabletop gaming uh, business definitely get impacted by that over the last year because. Comic books, tabletop games, that stuff tends to be, you know, discretionary income for folks. So yeah. you got to pay rent or you're going to buy comic books. And one of those things is going to take precedence. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, with your next Kickstarter, you're going to have, you know, more issues of talks. What else yep. do you have in the future um, in addition to talks or is talks kind of just your immediate future right now? Oh, man. No, I got all kinds of stuff. Um so my first comic series was the Ignis Quadrant, which is a sci-fi story. And that's, I collected that, the first six issues of that into a trade um, on Kickstarter. And that's available as an add-on to the campaign. And I did a, a big uh, anthology in that universe. So some awesome creators across, you know, the indie sphere. Uh, I did that about two years ago, or a year and a half ago, right when the pandemic hit. So I've been kind of sleeping on that one, but that's coming later this fall. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I got um, the last Kickstarter I did before Tox was for a book called Mixology Noir. It's a double feature horror book inspired by craft cocktails. So the first ones were Manhattan and Sazerac. And then I have another Mixology Noir book done to kickstart as well. And then three other series, I think, that are coming to the direct market and Kickstarter. So I'm pretty busy. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you got a lot coming up. That's awesome. Yeah. And, Sorry, uh, if it's getting loud. I'm literally in the middle of a hurricane. Right no, now. you're good. I I can see in the background. It's getting pretty crazy yeah, there. So getting, um, I won't keep you too much longer, just in case you know anything happens. So um, I guess we'll wrap up and say, you know, um, is there any bit of advice you want to give to other people who are wanting to be creative and try to get themselves out in the creative space? What What would you say? Um, yeah, definitely find the like-minded folks to work with. I think creating comics for me, at least has been kind of a lonely pursuit because, you know, you work with artists, many of them tend to be on the other side of the world in some cases, or you're communicating over email because of time zones, you know, yeah. you're creating these pages that looked amazing, but can't share them because you're not ready to launch the project yet. So I've, the experiences I've had that were the best for me were where I've had a co-writer or other people involved in the project where we can really share stuff together, uh, both to reinforce and help my own thinking, but also to just like not be in it by myself. So find people, like-minded people, even if it's just to share progress with or find some discord channels with creators to join and don't go it alone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always better to create with some 
other people that are even if they're not even doing the same thing as you as long as they're doing something in the creative zone it's it's a lot more mm -hmm. fun to create with people so that's that's good advice um Absolutely. all right so you know let's go ahead and give you some time to plug yourself let's plug the kickstarter where we can find you on social medias yeah yeah so uh talks number three and four are kickstarting right now uh well three and four are the new issues added but for people new to the series you can get back issues as well so you can get four issues in one go uh it's tox t-o-x-x comic.com will take you to the kickstarter we got at the time of recording i think five or six days left um but if it's our the kickstarter's passed i'll have stuff available to buy on the web store and if you're into mad mac children of men uh last of us fallout anything wastelandy or dealing with kind of the far future you know apocalypse type vibes you'd love the story and check it out awesome and where can we keep up with new stuff that's coming from you yeah, uh, I'm Wolven, W-O-L-V-E-N underscore press on threads, Facebook, Blue Sky, Instagram, whatever social media is left these days. Awesome. Well, we just recently got Blue Sky, too, so we'll definitely make sure to follow you on there as well as all the other social media outlets for right. sure. Um, for us, um, you can find this interview, all sorts of other nerdy news reviews, all to keep you in the know uh, on our website, geek-network.com. We are at Geeks AZ on Twitter and Instagram, Geek Network on Facebook. I am CD is weird on Instagram. And the music for the shows from Polygon Horizon. They're a great band. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, the logos for the show are done by my friends Chris Chandler and Mike Belcher, both comic creators themselves. You can go find them on Instagram and Twitter as well. And if you like the show, please rate and review and tell your friends. Word of mouth is our friend. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that feel your weird and always geek responsibly. Evan, thanks so much for coming to talk to me today. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and also checking out talks. Your last reviews were awesome and I'm glad uh, glad we had this time to connect. Yeah, I and mean, the other one should be up pretty soon if it's not up already. So be looking for that as well. Awesome, I'll check it out. Awesome, thanks man.